Hello, welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I am your hostess. And I would like to say I am the mostest, but really I'm just like everybody else. Uh, maybe a little quirky, maybe a little stranger, but I'm really glad you joined me today. Quirky and strange and all, and maybe you'll just fit right in. I know that I fit in with the kingdom of God and I hope you do too. Everyone's welcome. Just telling you, everyone is welcome. I'm really glad you joined me. If you're following uh, the Woman Inspired Podcast, I will let you know that there have been a few glitches with some of the people who, or companies, or app choices that carry uh, various podcasts in the last few weeks. So there are people who have emailed me to say they have not been getting the updates. I typically post a podcast every 10 to 14 days. So if you haven't gotten one in a 10 to 14 day span, just pop on out to my website. You can see on womaninspired.com a podcast player and it should show you the latest. That one usually updates within 20 minutes to an hour of me posting a podcast. But don't give up because every bit of technology has glitches here and there. And you can follow this podcast on Podbean, Google Play, or the Apple iTunes slash Apple Store, whatever it's called now. And um, it should do the trick. So I appreciate it. And hopefully you'll enjoy it and share it with someone else. So today's podcast episode is called Sticky Name Tag Trauma. Yes, it's a strange title, but it fits. All right. And I start out every podcast with some quotes that I call pod quotes. And today I have two of them instead of just one. And the first one, I could not find a person to pin it on, give it credit for, or blame it on. (laughs) But here's the quote. Don't spend all your energy on the drama. Use it to eliminate the trauma. I like that. It kind of resonated with me. All right. And the second one is from Ben Kingsley. One of the greatest things drama can do at its best is to redefine the words we use every day, such as love, home, family, loyalty, and envy. All right, so here's the scoop. I got on the elevator the other day at work, but not before almost kind of getting walked over and trampled on by two women who were really far too into their own conversation to realize that someone else was standing in front of them waiting for the elevator too. And as the doors opened and I went to step in, they zoomed right past me like I was a little like they were little kids and I was a littler kid that they were just hopping over Um, or an adult whose legs they kind of went right through to get to a basketball. They hopped right around me to get into elevator. You know how if you've ever been on an elevator when a little kid just zooms right in and they want to push the button, they want to push the button. That's what it was like. Only they weren't little kids. It didn't seem as if either one of them were on some quest to become a glorified elevator operator either um that maybe i would have understood but uh that's not what was going on and one of them just rushed rudely right past me to push the button for her floor like i wasn't even on the elevator now average elevator etiquette in my opinion requires that the person standing in front of the buttons on the elevator should then ask the rest of those riding the elevator hey what floor are you going to Well, I've never gotten on an elevator anyway without someone asking me or me asking them if I got on first. Hey, what floor are you going to? And then them or me, whichever the case may be, pushing the button for the other person. Common courtesy tends to prevail, I think, most of the time when I've ever been on an elevator. Praise God. 
And perhaps this was an uncommon, not so courteous day for these ladies. Maybe this isn't their norm. I truly don't know. But what I do know is that the conversation they had in the elevator made me want to laugh and yet cry at the same time. It made me want to say, seriously, give me a break and roll my eyes at them at the same time. I mean, I was right there, you know, even though they never acknowledged me with even a look or a head nod or a hi or nothing. I mean, you're in this little, you know, four by six box if you're lucky. Sometimes elevators are smaller, sometimes they're a little bit bigger. So I was obviously um, privy to the entire sad, sad conversation. So one of these ladies peeled off a name tag from a small piece of paper and stuck it on her sweater. It was a visitor's name tag, as you can imagine. We all have had those. You know, hello, my name is, only these are printed because they're done at the security desk. So it was a visitor's name tag, and likely she wasn't that familiar with the building. At least not in an intimate, hey, I'll be happy to push the button for you kind of a way. (laughs) Anyway, she put her visitor's name tag on and turned to the other lady that was with her, the one that hopped on and zoomed to push the button, and she said, you have to put your name tag on. Believe it or not, those are the rules of this building. Like, I can't just tell people who I am. Okay, I could really go into the whole um, problem with that statement, but that's a whole different podcast. So her friend or colleague or hitchhiker she picked up on the way there or whatever she was said, I can't. I like totally have sticky name tag trauma and I can't bring myself to do it. The other girl, I mean, I'm telling you, she looked sad and sympathetic and said, oh, I hate trauma. And the traumatized lady said, well, no, she didn't say anything. She more whined it like a dog begging for a biscuit. Only I didn't see her wag a tail or drool, but it still reminded me of a dog whining. So here she was whining. Oh, I hate trauma. And this totally sticky name tag trauma thing is worse than anybody's ever had it. And I'm thinking... This is what I'm thinking to myself. No one has ever had it, lady. You just made it up. (laughs) But anyway, she said, I put a name tag like this on my leather jacket one day, and it totally adhered to it, and I couldn't remove it. The adhesive was so sticky that it took cleaner for me to get it off my jacket, and it nearly ruined it. It was so traumatic, and so now when I see a name tag, I'm like, no way. They can't do this to me. It's just not right. They should really consult with guests before telling them they have to wear a name tag. So I'm just going to carry mine with me and I'll pull it out of my purse if someone wants to see it. Okay. I'm not joking. This is really what happened. And I, I have to confess it was like right there, then and there, I I literally bounced the idea in my head as to whether or not I should find the elevator fire alarm button and, and just push it to drown out the conversation or to get security to remove them from the building. But praise God, a little wisdom kicked in immediately reminding me that if I did that, I would probably be stuck in the elevator with these two until the fire department came. So I didn't do that. You know, it seems we throw around the word trauma a whole lot these days. Don't you think? I don't know about you, but I hear it in a lot of places. And in some ways, it's necessary. It's important, even vital to recognize that sometimes we have trauma in our lives and it's out there in the world. It's very real. Sometimes we have to call it out, deal with it, heal from it, and have victory over it. But the slightest thing seems to set someone off into a state of feeling traumatized anymore. And I wondered in that moment in the elevator and later, Do the majority of people even know what real trauma is? 
it's one of those words that is so overused in society that I fear it's lost its meaning. It's ineffective in the original sense it was meant. Yeah, I can see where the name tag traumatized woman might have been frustrated or even a little ticked off that her jacket came so close to being ruined, but traumatized and traumatized to the point she couldn't wear a security visitor's tag in a secure office building ever again? Um, no. I just, no. <laughs> again, I shall say no. So let me set this pathetic real life scenario straight for you. A woman, probably in her mid-30s, of at least average intelligence, I'm assuming, was traumatized by the adhesive on a name tag. Or as she said, I like totally have sticky name tag trauma. All right, my friends, there is a difference between trauma and drama. The definition of trauma is an injury to living tissue or a wound or a disordered psychic or behavioral state resulting from severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury. Severe. I shall repeat that. Severe. Not adhesive, not irritating, not frustrating or annoying, annoying, not inconvenient, but severe, meaning strict, commanding, or very painful and harmful. Again, these are definitions from good old Merriam-Webster. Drama is a composition intended to portray life or a character or to tell a story, usually involving conflicts and emotions through action and dialogue and typically designed for theatrical performances or a state situation or series of events events involving interesting or intense conflict of forces. So I guess you could say that the adhesive on the leather was a conflict of forces, but I don't think it qualifies for um, trauma. That would be drama. Again, drama, not trauma. A lot of drama that isn't scripted for a movie or TV show is just perceived or distorted reality that we go over with and over and over and over in our heads, making it feel and seem more intense than it really was. It's, it's kind of like this um, hill that I used to um, get on a toboggan when I was little and go down in the middle of winter at my great aunt's house in Michigan. I have such fond memories of that that hill. It just seemed like the biggest hill and mountain. Of course, I was five and six years old when I was doing this. And so I, when I went back when I was in college, that little hill was just a little bump. But it seemed so much bigger because I had gone over and over and over it in my head and thought of it from my perspective as a child. Well, we're supposed to grow up mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and understand that the things of our youth and the things of our childhood are not always the way they seemed. And so when we go over and over and over in our head, we create it um, into something that maybe it wasn't sometimes. Maybe it was just a little incident and a little drama that affected us, but it was not trauma. So most drama is just what the definition suggests, a portrayal or a story we tell. Maybe it's a story we tell ourselves. So yes, it can be written, typed on paper or in video, but the sticky name tag drama, not trauma, because it was not trauma. It is drama, lady. <laughs> it's the kind of drama an everyday person conjures up, carries with them, and lets play out in their body language, their facial expressions, their tone of voice and behaviors. It's a small part we all play at times, right? Sometimes we can all be a little drama, queenish or kingish, 
We, we may be dramatic in our response to the reality around us, and that drama we display can be, it can be big, it can be aggressive or annoying or mean, or, as I've witnessed from someone lately, it can be passive-aggressive, not just aggressive, meaning it is stark aggression and nastiness wrapped in a loving word so as not to seem so aggressive. That's passive-aggressive. But most sticky name tag trauma is perceived, not real. This kind of thing as I said before, actually is drama, not trauma. It is portrayed. It's composed. It's composed in a way to evoke a response from someone else and usually to seek attention. That's what drama is in all forms. So my question is, where in our lives do we need to remove the label of trauma and replace it with the word drama? Where have we taken on the traumatized mentality and refused to see with clear eyes and spiritual discernment that just because some event, some person, something affects us in a negative way does not mean that we have been traumatized. It may merely mean that we feel deeply or that we've been affected and it has created a series of dramatic scenarios in our heads and hearts and we've taken them emphatically as some form of trauma to us. And guess what? As uncomfortable as that is, it's it's okay that we have taken it into ourselves, but we still need to recognize the difference between the drama and the trauma. Because it really is okay to have lived through some dramatic things, and God will put your hand on you even if it's been traumatic. But to define something as trauma when it's not is making a bigger hurdle in our lives. It's putting a stronghold. It's grabbing a hold of something and letting it take a stronghold of us when we don't need to let it do that. God teaches us so much through dramatic times and events and sometimes through trauma as well. When I think of real, actual trauma though, I can't help but think of the many people in the Bible who lived real, not perceived trauma and survived and thrived and were used by God in amazing ways. Sometimes that trauma was self-induced And other times it was just, well, it was their place, time, and circumstances, and in God's plan. So Jonah, now if that man didn't take on some self-induced trauma, I don't know who did. (laughs) He ran from God, and ran from God, and when God was calling him to go a certain place, and he ended up tossed from a ship and swallowed by a whale. He was inside the smelly, stinky, probably constantly regurgitating stomach of a huge whale, only to be spit back up on shore where God told him to go in the first place. That's a rough ride, and that was self-induced. I have to say, I think being swallowed alive by a whale would indeed be traumatic. And what about the many people in the Bible who were thrown in prison, tortured, starved, martyred, because they believed in Jesus and witnessed about him? Philip, Matthew, Peter, Simon. In fact, pretty much the only disciple believed not to have been traumatized, tortured, and murdered was John. And today, all you have to do is one quick internet search on Christians who have been tortured, traumatized, abused, and beaten. Again, trauma, severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury. If you do this and you research it, you will find thousands upon thousands of names throughout history and even today of people who have been traumatized for the name of Jesus Christ. And what about the trauma that different professions today have encountered and continue to encounter police, fire, EMS, military, all of our service personnel, even teachers in school. 
um, social workers, people in the ER, doctors, people in, who are, have been raised in poverty-stricken areas, uh, in gangs, uh, abused by gangs, people who are victims of sexual abuse, mental and emotional abuse, and neglect. That's trauma. And what about Jesus? Think about the trauma that he bore for us. And tell me, how does any of our everyday drama compare to all that trauma? How can we over-dramatize our day-to-day, boo-hoo over every little thing that seems difficult in our lives, like a leather jacket being threatened by the adhesive on a sticky name tag, and seriously be able to call it trauma? How can we take someone else's words and actions and roll a bunch of drama in it and act like we've been traumatized? Yes, words matter. I mean, We have the word. That's why it's called the word because it's the word of God. It matters. Sentiment matters. Actions matter. And how we think about and react to the everyday little dramas also matters because it will make a big difference when a truly traumatic event comes along that we have to step up and deal with. If we fall apart over the simplest little things, over a misunderstanding, a hurt feeling, a a friendship gone awry, um, and relationship gone awry. And even those sometimes those feel like big things, they, they usually happen because of small things that we have built up in our heads and over-dramatized. Or because of things that we've done ourselves, like Jonah and the whale. Maybe sometimes we over-dramatize uh, an insult. Maybe it was just a perceived insult, a miscommunication, a broken fingernail, a sticky name tag. What good will we be when God calls us to leave the drama and step into the real trauma in life if we can't even handle the everyday little things? I have had some perceived trauma once. Okay, more than once. But I'm going to tell you about one incident for sure. I actually laugh about it now because I feel like such a ditz over it. But at, at the time, in the middle of it, I was freaking out. I was at a mall for a fundraiser uh, event when I was in college. It was a long, long day. I'd gotten to the mall about 6 in the morning to help set up and get things taken care of. So by midnight, when I was leaving, I was more than ready to head for home and get some sleep. But when I left the mall, I headed straight to my car, and my car was gone. I couldn't believe it. And at first I thought, oh, I, I just parked in the wrong row. So I walked up a few rows, walked back down a few rows the other direction, and nope, my car was gone. So the parking lot had a few handful of cars in it still because there was a bunch of us who were there late. But nope, nowhere. My car was not there. I was in I was in shock, but I was also scared. I kept looking around like, okay, this is the person around here. Do they have my car? I was freaking out. And this is where the trauma set in. I mean, I was probably about as panicked as I had been up to that point in my life. What if I left something personal in my car and the car thieves took it? And what would I ever even get my car back? What if they found my extra house key that I hid in my car? Not that they would have known where I lived because especially since this was pre-internet days and I had my registration with me, which was a no-no, but I should have left it in the car, but I hadn't, but I didn't think about these things. But that, so that logic didn't kick in while I was in the middle of my freaking out trauma session. I kept looking around thinking that some masked man in my car was going to drive up and kidnap me or something. So I ran from the parking lot back to the mall and pounded on the door, which was locked. 
And a security guard came to the door and I started yelling, my car's gone. Someone stole my car. So he told me to calm down. We would call the police. We went into the security office. He pulled out paperwork and I started filling out a report as he called the cops. I was so tired. The last thing I really wanted to do was paperwork at 1 a.m. But what else was I going to do? I had no car. When the police got there, they also took a report. So I had some other stuff I had to fill out. And then one of the officers said, now, are you sure your car isn't out there? And I said, yes. He said, did you go out the exit you came in? I said, what? He said, did you go out the same exit you came in? We have elderly people who come in one entrance at the mall and exit out another and think their car was stolen. Did you check the other side of the mall? Um, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I was sure I knew where my car was. And at that moment, it was stolen. <laughs> so he walked me out to his car and drove me around the entire mall. And guess what? There on the other side of the mall was my car. Right there where I parked it. <laughs> I was acting traumatized. Like I had encountered the most horrific thing you could encounter at midnight in the mall. And yet, it was a series of misunderstandings, forgetfulness, panic on my part. It was drama. I had created a little dramatic scenario in my head not just about my car being stolen because it was really gone from where I thought I put it, but all of the things that came along with it, that someone was going to kidnap me, that they were going to break into my house. That's what was going on in my head immediately on thinking that this one little thing was wrong, but it was actually me. Someone had done something to me. Someone had taken what was mine. Someone was out there lurking, trying to hurt me or body snatch me, but I was wrong. Now I could have easily asked from there forth or could have said I mean from there forth I can't go to the mall I have post-event fundraiser parking lot trauma <laughs> but I didn't it was drama not trauma it was dramatic it was sad and apparently it was normal if you're 75 and older even though I was 22 at the time <laughs> and it was embarrassing but it was not traumatic I'm guessing you can probably look around at your life now and identify a few people who are drama kings and queens they either make drama, bathe in drama, or create drama that they inevitably call trauma. Let me just say to you, my friends, don't do that. Don't you be that person. Don't be that person who turns a sticky note into a death sentence or a lost car into a carjacking story. What happens when we boohoo and overdramatize life events you know, working them up to aggressive, passive, aggressive, look at me, I need attention scenarios, is that we diminish the focus, the compassion and necessity that needs to be had and held for real traumatic events and for the people who are truly victims of a traumatic situation. It's like the boy who cried wolf, only it's the girl who cried sticky name tag. <laughs> Sadly, there is real trauma in the world. And as children of God, we are called to help others who have that trauma. The abused, neglected, hurt, sick, lonely, victimized. And if we let our drama get in the way of ministering to those who truly need help with their trauma, then we've lost our calling. We've lost who we are to the world of make-believe, oversensitive, overdramatic, let's label it all trauma culture that we now live in. Again, now and how we think about and react to the everyday little dramas will make a big difference when a truly traumatic event comes along that we have to step up and deal with. If we fall apart over the simplest thing, over that misunderstanding, hurt feeling, 
perceived insult or a miscommunication, a broken fingernail or that sticky name tag, what good will we be when God calls us to leave the drama and step into the real traumas of life to help out or to face on our own, whether they're our own traumas or someone else's? So about that quote I shared earlier by Ben Kingsley, one of the greatest things drama can do at its best is to redefine the words we use every day, such as love, home, family, loyalty, and envy. I shared that because I believe it. When we look on drama we've created or someone else has created in our lives, it kind of gives us perspective, doesn't it? So does trauma. They can help us realize what and who is truly important. I encourage you to take time and pray about it. Seek God and ask him what and who is worth your time. What is worth pursuing? What and who is worth using our thoughts and emotions on? How have they helped redefine what real love is for you? How have these things helped define who your family actually is? What is loyalty? What is envy? What is traumatic and what is merely dramatic? I'm so glad you joined me today. Again, if you'll like, follow, share this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it.